You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events from the week that was in Lucha Libre, talking Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and more. And do not forget that we also are streamed through our partners at thechairshot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me introduce the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. How's it going for you, Miranda? Going well. Very excited for this week's show. Yeah. And of course, we cannot do it. NSS cannot do it without who? 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 It is the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who. Hey, hey. I I guess I proved that we can't do it without me by having my little diva moment before the show. There. You know. <laughs> Let we talk about this out in the open uh, because you would assume, you know, maybe, oh, it's Miranda, right? You know, she may be the diva. Uh, but contrary, now, I'm just really glad we can really diminish the myths uh, and, and show the real diva of this show. He has a longer intro. Uh, he, he has very specific demands that we almost now, now, now. Not, not at all. Not at all. You're not a, not a diva in any way. Uh, but we, uh, but yeah, almost we we truly cannot do this show without you. I mean, really, without anyone. Well, you could probably do it without me. Uh, but I, I could just record my spots and you could just plug it in uh, as needed. I'm just literally a button bar. I'm a human button bar. Reaction bar. You'd still be there, though. That's the thing. Yes. Uh, just just in in video recording spirit. That's that's what it is. Um, but man, we definitely got some news. I mean, man, this week has nope. been nothing happened this week. Nothing, right? Nothing. <laughs> that's the show. Happened. That's the show. Nothing happened. That, that's at all. it. Yes. <laughs> Brendan had all these things he was going to say, but now he's not going to say it because it's not the right time, not the right conditions. He didn't get the right there carbonated water. M's. M and M choice colors, like. The writer was not met, so Brendan is not doing this week's show. Ergo, we are not doing this week's show. Oh, man, it'd be kind of cool to be a diva, though, now. Now I think about it. <laughs> you could just not do something. Yeah. Because you don't want to. And people have to go with that. And people have to go with that? Yeah. I'm liking this idea. But nonetheless, we are so glad that you are joining us for this week's episode. We know 
that you cannot wait to hear what we have to talk about. Some really big news uh, throughout the Internet, some related, well, well, all of it related to Lucha Libre, but some related to promotion, some related to people and much, much more. So we are going to jump into it with News of the Week with Brendan. All right. I'm going to start off with with what was going to be the biggest story of the week until something <laughs> until else. Until hold my beer. Cain <laughs> uh, Velasquez, who uh, I had actually literally just spoken to yeah. two days before this. Crazy. It's insane. Uh, mm-hmm. he, was, he was arrested in San Jose in a gun-related case where apparently – uh he was the uh the assailant where he shot somebody um i did a little bit of digging and did find that uh the the speculation is that it was related to some sort of issues inside his family and everybody who knows kane personally says that he would probably do something like that if Someone in his family was, he believed in danger or being, or in trouble. So not a lot of details on, on that yet. He was booked on, um, uh, on, on the, the gun crimes itself or actually shooting somebody. The other person is not dead. He was non-lethally shot, uh, I believe in the leg. So, I mean, all of this makes me think that uh, definitely something else is going on, and the facts on this are going to get wild when, when we get more details. And because Cain Velasquez is a massive name in both MMA and has worked for the WWE and AAA, there's going to be a lot of news talking about this sort of thing. Um, but I I, uh, I think we're bearing the lead here, which was that he just randomly shows up and waits in line to go to a uh, pro wrestling revolution show. Just saying. So that was cool. <laughs> the most surreal moment of, of being at pro wrestling revolution was turning around and seeing him in the merch line with his uh, one of his kids on his shoulders, just like waiting in wow. line to talk to people. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Well, and he was trained by the Pro Wrestling Revolution right. Training Academy. They, you know, had a role. Yeah. He's he's mm-hmm. been close with the company, and mm-hmm. you know, an avid fan of of Lucha Libre. Um, so it made sense. You know, I'm sure a pleasant surprise, a happy surprise, um, that he was there at that show. Oh yeah. Um, and I know there's a lot of people uh, on social media expressing, you know their thoughts on the situation and their thoughts on him as a person. And, but I agree, you know, with his being a high profile athlete, um, we're going to continue to see this news circulate uh, as more details come out and yeah. you know, as the proceedings Absolutely. continue uh, for this. I, I believe he was recently arraigned. Um, I think there are uh, photos of him. Um, one day he, he, the arraignment is actually scheduled for the seventh. For the seventh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, but I'm not sure what you saw, but that's what the last I have is, um, that'd be the Monday that we're leaning into, uh, after this, this, uh, show goes on the air. So, uh, yeah, uh, absolute craziness. Uh, yes, we will keep our eyes on this, especially since, uh, you know, Cain and Velasquez is just a very interesting person as well. So there we go. Um, and folks, that was going to be the biggest story. <laughs> yeah. 
So there you go. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there's- <laughs> Uh, and you know, and so I'll go over some of the other news stories that I did have. Uh, the, uh, Mexicali, uh, Lucha Commission suspended Hijo del Fishman for a year for attacking a referee, uh, during, during a show, I believe it was. But all I have is, uh, is that he, it was a local referee that he attacked. So I don't know what's going on with, with, uh, Hiodo Fishman, but that seems a little out of, out of line there. Uh, Chaos, last week we announced Chaos Wrestling was returning. We actually have the card. Uh, surprise of surprise, it does feature Conan Big, who last I had checked had announced he was retired, so clearly, you know, it's a wrestling retirement. Um, just real quick, the, the lineup is Mr. Puma and Silver Star, uh, against Defunto and Yuretsi. And then we have Bazooka, Bambo, and Granada against, uh, Charo Negro, Oro Negro, and Redimido. Uh, you have La Fashion and Zombido against Eric Sotalo and Larry Miranda. You have a ladies match with Reina Dorada against Lady Flammer and Dulce Canela and Baby Love for the women's title. So it is Reina Dorada defending against Lady Flammer, Dulce Canela and Baby Love. Uh, you have Chris Masters and Hijo de Dr. Wagner against Hijo de Das Caras and VIP as well as the team of Rico Rodriguez and Basro Jr. So uh I don't know why they put two giant slabs of beef in there, but I uh it's gonna be that's gonna be kind of a crazy team to keep your eye on. Um then we have Dinamico, Emperor Emperor Azteca and Commander against Charlie Manson, Dark Scoria, and uh the Tiger. And then here's your main event for Chaos's big return. It does feature it's it's Conan Big, El Divo, Rey Escorpion, and Alberto El Patron. Make of that what you will. Uh, <laughs> okay. I I it's a really Nicely loaded. Said. <laughs> yes, yes. It's okay. a really loaded uh really okay. loaded card. And there's something for everybody on there. I'm going to put it that way. I think the uh, the undercard has some really excited, exciting young up-and-comer matches that Chaos has been really good at featuring. So I'm excited to see that. I'm going to just put it out there. I'm less excited to see Conan Big and El Patron in the main event. But, uh, <laughs> I don't need either of those guys in my main event. But uh, the Chaos is always going to use use the use guys like that. So. I kind of knew what was going on with that. Uh, and then I'm going to move over to a quick update on stuff that's happening on WrestleMania weekend because we are going to have a uh, a lot of luchadors in town. And we're going to start with GCW announced that uh, that uh, uh, Gringo Loco is is hosting an event called the World on Lucha and it's GCW so they left the they left the O out of World it's just W R L D on Lucha this is going to be on Friday April 1st at at 8 
and they've announced a couple of matches and people that they're expecting to appear. So you have Johnny Caballero versus Jack Cartwheel, Pagano versus Sadika, I believe how you say that, and that is already listed as being an ex- a Lucha Extreme match. So um, expect your cookie sheets and uh, your your skewers and everything else that uh, they – Pagano and GCW like to do. Lots of doors. Doors will die this day. Uh, <laughs> also announced, though, we have Laredo Kid, Psychosis, Drago Kid, who they had at one of their previous events and the fans really responded to. Uh, ASF, Ninja Mac, and a, a, a legend in the world of announcing, Hugo Savinovich. So, uh, right? Yeah, so Hugo is one of the few <laughs> announcers anywhere in the world you can get and have instant legitimate, like yeah. instantly. Yeah, he, yeah, he's for real. Yes, especially if you're trying to do a lucha show, like that shows that you. I mean, it probably helps that AAA is going to be in town as well, and uh, you know, he he might be doing something with them, but they got him regardless. So, uh. Speaking of that, AAA will will be having a show that weekend as well. Um, I don't have a lot of details on that other than they'll have that show. I'm, uh, I'm trusting Dusty might have some news on that at either this week or in upcoming weeks. Yeah. Uh, we will, uh, but we do have Effie's Big Gay Brunch has announced they will have Pimpinella Escarlata at it again this year. So, uh, it, Last year's match was kind of a show stealer. I'm expecting nothing less from that this year. Uh, and I did want to stress that Mission Pro Wrestling, who lives in the state of Texas, has announced that they're going to have a, a show at the, at the collective as well. Uh, that's going to be on the second Saturday in, in the afternoon. So, uh, that's what we've got that I could find right now. Uh, Miranda had said that she'd seen Robles and uh, Martinez possibly announcing things, but I wasn't able to dig that up, and I'm not going to put you on the spot, Miranda. So we will have more on that in upcoming weeks. They they haven't, to the best I've seen, they haven't announced any matches yet, just that they have dates. Right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and then we will keep you updated on that. But, I mean, because there is a at least one Lucha Focus show plus – Triple A being in the area, look for lots of things happening in Dallas the first, second, and third of March. So uh, we will be keeping you as updated as best as we can on that. If uh, you're all, if you're somebody who wants who's already going to a show and I didn't talk about it on the air, let me know about it because I'm probably going to find a way to Dallas for at least a couple of days here, and we'll go from there. Uh, so. I'm going to touch on on the the next big subject. Uh, they announced the the what's they announced what's the future of ROH is going to look like, sort of. Um, without going into too much detail about the about the rest of it, because we're going to have to cover it in another segment. Uh, Tony Khan announced that he has purchased uh, ROH, so it. Uh, they uh they have a future. He definitely wants to do something with them. There's lots of rumors and speculation, which is where I wanted to focus on. They're 
clearly going to be using the the massive ROH video library, which does include all in uh, their uh, a beta test pay-per-view for AEW. Uh, but, uh, they also are going to, uh, the, one of the big rumors is that ROH is going to keep doing shows and they're going to have more of a, more of AAA, or not AAA, of AEW talent, uh, from the, the lower cars. Maybe the people that we see on Dark and Elevation every week. I don't, um, Dusty, did you, uh, You said you had heard some more rumors on that. Yeah, there's rumors that it's going to kind of go back to the original NXT, like the dot-com era NXT, even pre-network, that type of development style program to kind of bring people up. But also certain wrestlers, uh, indie wrestlers and foreign wrestlers, there may be some kind of talent exchange, but the indie wrestlers, well, just to get them TV ready. And that kind of supersedes the need for something like Dark Elevation, which is really where you saw signed talent that AEW thought was important. So it opens up a lot of possibilities, and does the TV slot come with it? There's so many things that go into it that it's really going to be interesting, and I think that it will change the landscape of wrestling on TV going forward. It is important to note that... uh that the, uh, many of the ROH talent have said they didn't find out until they, uh, were watching Tony Khan's announcement either. And these are people that were signed for the upcoming, uh, pay-per-view that had been announced. So the future of that pay-per-view is not, uh, is, is not known, nor is, uh, the actual plans for the still signed talent. Um, I did enjoy, uh, Lucha Blog's take on Twitter about that, where he mentioned that uh, the 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 big story seemed to be the luchadors that hadn't hadn't remembered for months, had said anything about ROH for months, suddenly remembered <laughs> that they were signed with ROH, and uh, and brand loyalists now, <laughs> yeah. So we will see, because I mean that's an exciting thing. That means they do have access to uh, would potentially have access to. Members of LFI, Bandito. I mean, they definitely have access to Bandito, who was uh, signed on to do a the unifying match with Gresham at that that pay per view. So, um, lots of access to Lucha talent, which is why this is a big story on this show too. Uh, but so much of it is tied into other segments on the show. Um, I'm just gonna, Miranda, did you have any thoughts on what the future of ROH might look like or what, uh, this, this rumors about, uh, uh, NXT style, since we have a big gaping hole for an NXT style show right, right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's very curious. Uh, I think as far as the actual press release talks about exactly what AEW purchased with, uh, the agreement of Ring of Honor, um, and it does, you know, mean that they have access now to a much wider talent pool. I'm very curious of what it means for some of the current championships, like mm-hmm. Diana Barazzo right now is yeah. your Ring of Honor Women's Champion, but she is contracted with Impact. So, you know, what does that look like? Will they be, you know, pulling the championship from her um, mm-hmm. at any point? Will she just be doing, you know, quote unquote, good business and losing that to maybe another talent? 
Um, it does make me, made me think a bit more too about the, the women's division, um, which Ring of Honor really did try to, to reinvigorate with the, uh, women's championship mm-hmm. tournament. Um, and, and AEW still somewhat struggling, um, to kind of get a, a focus on the women's division, but especially with to the, the lucha talent, um, you know, Ring of Honor was truly a place where they get to shine. And, you know, what does that, that look like now in AEW? Um, you know, they have the capacity. We know they can. Uh, but it's also, you know, already before this, AEW was very, very stacked. They already have a very big roster. And I think we have already talked about people falling from the, uh, by the wayside and, the nice, you know, shiny new toy thing. And then once that's done with, you know, someone else comes in and they're the shiny new toy, you know, yeah. is that going to kind of happen with ring of honor in it of itself? And, you know, how, how are they going to balance all of this is kind of what I'm very interested in seeing. How are they going to balance their product, but also, you know, possibly have a uh, ring of honor, whether that be more of a developmental style, maybe it's a counterpart in touring, maybe it's, you know, a special event. I think if, you know, in order, if they truly want to keep ring of honor as a separate entity, they're going to need to have, you know, someone separately running it. So I'm just very curious to see how this comes about over, you know, the next few months and maybe super card of honor is the first place we get a glimpse of what, you know, ring of honor looks like under the umbrella of AEW. Well, and that's assuming we still get that super card of honor. I'm not, uh, I am not largely thinking we're not going to get it, but it's just that it, that's still in flux, especially mm-hmm. if talent that were signed for that card had no idea this was happening. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it goes a lot of ways. You bring up a strong point with the women. I, we, uh, do, they did have, uh, so a, a very deep lucha presence in the women's division as well. So there's, uh, you know, just to keep it focused on the show, even though we in general, we're fans of ROH's women's division on this show. Uh, they, you, there's lots of, of opportunity there. And I think to your point, if they keep the brand separate and to Dusty's point, if the TV show comes with, there is a lot they can do. And somebody who loses out on an AEW spot to shiny toy syndrome might wind up, uh, getting a nice high spot over in the ROH brand for a little while. Like we complain about Andrade not doing a lot. Right. But imagine, mm-hmm. imagine if he reunites with LFI over on the ROH brand. Well, right? that would fit in with the NXT from the dot com era when you yeah. saw like um, CM Punk show up to wrestle Seth Rollins and stuff like that. You know, like yeah. it would help legitimize the brand. I also think it would be great for some of the, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the guys. We saw a hint of that last night with Daniel, the older ROH guys, where we saw um, Brian Danielson versus Christopher Daniels, but somebody like Jack Evans, you know, who's mm-hmm. kind of been passed over a little on AEW with Ring of Honor, if they did it right, I mean, a lot of us remember Breakdance and Do-Ragwear and Jack Evans, and I think that the nostalgia in his kind of presence in Ring of Honor would be mm-hmm. enough to get him over that hump. He hasn't seemed to be able to surmount lately and so i would like to see maybe some of the older ring of honor guys show up to mix it up with AEW guys new signings i think there's a lot of promise in this you uh you just tr- 
triggered an idea in my head there. Uh, and Helico in the pure division, if they keep the pure Ooh. division, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, see, it writes itself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's there's a lot that's going on there, and then you can have, I mean, you know, to, so they had uh, PJ Black over in ROH as well, so you could see all kinds of ex uh, the the uh, Lucha Underground matchups too and you maybe they lean more into that on in one of the two brands like there's yeah the possibilities are very exciting uh this was i think probably the best thing that, that could come out of all of the rumors that have been going on since 2020 about roh possibly being sold uh i uh I, apparently there was another buyer that this was that uh they were really leaning towards and so i don't know what tony khan did to sweeten the pot or if the other person backed out but uh this this could be really good for both shows and a lot of independent wrestlers so it's very exciting news we will be keeping our eye on this for sure uh and we will have more on this story later because there is some very real and tangible things that are going on with this story that we need to talk about in other segments. But I alluded to it earlier, so we're just going to move on to the Indie Roundup and talk about PWR in San Jose. I went down for the show. It was such a good show that I lost my notes somewhere <laughs> on the way back, had to rely on my Twitter. So we'll talk about this a little differently than normal. Um, we did we did have uh, fellow uh, – Lucha Central uh, podcaster Papo Esco on the show. He did successfully defend his title. Uh, I, I had had the note on my notes who he he defended it against. It was a hell of a match. But yeah. uh, those look that up for you. <laughs> help you help you out. <laughs> I'll move on a little bit here. Uh, we had uh, Super Astro Junior. Viento and Bestia 666 in a, uh, in, in a title match. And, uh, they brought out a shiny new belt for it, which looks gorgeous. Which also told me that we were probably going to get a title change because Bestia came out with the old belt and, uh, Super Astro Jr. came, left the, with the shiny new one. So it was, a, that was an amazing match. It did, as I mentioned on Twitter, it did degrade to, uh, at one point, to the three of them just standing in the middle of the ring and chopping the hell out of each other and just making my chest hurt just watching it because none of those guys was, was playing nice with that. And you had, um, at one point, you, I did have to dodge a, uh, I think it was, it was Bestia at some point in the front row just came flying at me. Um, heck of a match. damage. Right? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, attend at your own risk. It's a cool <laughs> risk, but still yeah. a risk. You might get a lap full of luchador, and that's something money can't buy. Well, I guess it can. But, you know, <laughs> it did. It did you wouldn't want to admit it. <laughs> it's better if it happens accidentally. <laughs> true. It's true. Uh, Christina Von Erie made her return to Pro Wrestling Revolution. She, I spoke to her before the show. She's super excited about this, about the po- prospect of being here. Uh, she's, she, uh, has a tremendous amount of loyalty to the brand because they were one of the, the early ones to, to use her on cards. So she's hoping to do more stuff here. 
Um, and, uh, and, uh, she was in there against a new recent graduate from the academy, uh, Charisma. And, uh, it was a fun match, but, you know, it, you won't be surprised to hear Christina Von Erie won this one. <laughs> Actually, no, she lost. She lost to the most dangerous move, and, but then she beat down the, uh, the new girl and, uh, the referee. Had, was originally chasing her off, to, then decided to uh, take off the referee stripes and beat down this poor girl on her own. So we've definitely established that Charisma is going to be a massive baby face, and nobody likes her. Uh, <laughs> I should say nobody in the women's division. The fans did like her. I, I think that this is going to work really well. And then uh, the big story of the night, though, was... Uh, was La Migra doing La Migra things. They started, they, they interrupted the national anthem again. They came out. They told us that, uh, the tag team titles were not going to be defended tonight if Dr. Wagner and, um, and Psychosis wanted to win a shot at their titles that they quote worked so hard for, uh, with their, their, all their Crooked referees and other shenanigans in the match that I had, where the title belt changed hands. Uh, the, they were going to have to earn the shot by beating them in a non-title match. And Dr. Wagner and Psychosis came out later in the night. They had a banger of a match, which was all over the place. As, um, you might expect with Dr. Wagner, particularly the match did not actually start in the ring. It started everywhere but the ring, including the merch table, uh, in the, the, uh, risers. Uh, I, I'm, so much of that was going on that I couldn't see that, but they eventually did make it back to the ring. It settled into a normal tag team match. And, uh, I mean, you're not going to have, have Dr. Wagner and Psychosis lose this match. So they didn't. They didn't. Like, uh, somebody went through a table or I think it, it was a table or a door or something. And, uh, that, that set up the, the, the pinfall. It was just so much chaos and, and delightfully so. But Lamigra was not done yet. Uh, Kratos was in the main event against Ultimo Dragon for the, the PWR title and the, the La Migra affiliated ref was with them. So you kind of knew the story from the opening moment. You were hoping it wasn't going to be true. You were thinking that, you know, Ultimos defied the odds so many times, but uh, the crooked ref, multiple interferences from La Migra uh, finally paid off for them and they got a pinfall victory over Ultimo Dragon who uh who who uh had his mask nearly torn off at this point in, in the match and and uh that set up an angle where Wagner and Sikosis had to come out and save him from the post match beatdown. So uh we have lots of, of uh storyline going on here. We have uh Wagner and Sikosis possibly challenging for the title Helping out Ultimo Dragon, so now we can have a have a series of trios matches to lead up to this. Uh, I mean, it's all over the place. So uh, lots of exciting stuff going on. Like I said, it was such an exciting show that uh, the notes that I had very carefully tried to—they are somewhere in my 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 luggage, 
because I came immediately came in and I remember stuffing them in my luggage going, I need to keep these notes. This was such a huge show. And then I can't find them. So I, I probably was like happily rereading the events over and over again in the hotel room and who knows. Uh, so, but, uh, that was our PWR show. Uh, also this weekend we had a Defy show, which once again I was not able to get results for. Um, so keep it, I'll keep my eyes open for that. And without a cause wrestling up here in Washington, they did not have a, uh, a lucha centric match, but they did announce that they are moving their shows for the quote foreseeable future to Friday nights and hinted that it will be on IWTV for those Friday nights. So, big news coming out of there, especially since uh afterwards I still I talked with one of the the promoters and he said that he's still looking to feature a lot more lucha on there. So, keep your ears open on that. I because uh we actually at the show have uh ha- have helped sponsor the show in order to get more luchadors on there so there's a there there's a personal interest there that is my my indie roundup for the week though as always i'm i'm open to suggestions and submissions i mentioned going to dallas i will flew down to pwr so if you want to see me at your show, send me an invite, and I will do my best to to see if I can make that happen. Uh, we'll do uh, all that stuff, all the socials and things at the end of the show, so you have to get all the way there to to get my info. But uh, that's the week in, in uh, news and the indie roundup. Thank you. Uh, just a quick plug: uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution's next show will be Saturday, April 9th in San Francisco. Uh, tickets are already available on Pro Wrestling Revolution social media, uh, and they also have VIP tickets mm-hmm. as well. You can find tickets at Lucha Libre Boletos B O L E T O S dot com. Um, already announced for the April 9th show, Dralistico, yes. Dragon Lee, Rocky Romero, Laredo Kid, and returns from, uh, of course, La Migra, uh, Bestia 666, Misterioso, and Super Astro Jr. Um, already announced too, uh, for the, uh, no, not for the title. Uh, but, uh, Jacob Fatu versus J.R. Kratos, uh, has already been scheduled as well as a women's tag match, Myra and Christina Von Erie versus Charisma and Nicole Savoy. Uh, so, uh, make sure you follow Pro Wrestling Revolution on social media for more match announcements regarding their April 9th show and ticket information. Tickets did sell out. So the last two shows mm-hmm. they have sold out. So get in early. Yes. They they were stressing that. Like get in early cuz they they're selling out. Uh thank you Brendan for news of the week and the indie roundup. We are likely going to be talking more about AEW. Well, we will be talking more about AEW <laughs> a, a little bit later on, but up next we're going to kick it off to Denise Salcedo who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. 
TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at Lucha-Masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. A big thank you to Denise Alcedo, who's bringing us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Speaking of Denise, I believe I did see that she would be part of uh, Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor as a special uh, guest correspondent or host um, for the event. So big congratulations to Denise Alcedo, who will be having, a, I'm sure, a very busy WrestleMania weekend. Oh, she's, yeah. <laughs> She's not going to – she's going to need a, another vacation just right. to recover from her vacation down yes. there. Yeah. Uh, up next, we are going to be talking more about AAA with Dusty. Yeah. Well, first up, the card was announced this week for AAA Invades WrestleCon. Pretty exciting. That will be a TV taping held Thursday, March 31st at the Fairmont Hotel in Dallas, Texas. 
The card is Microman, Nino Hamburguesa, and Taya versus La Hidra, Mini Abismo Negro Jr., and Reyes Scorpion. The second match will be Otermis, Mr. Iguana, and Octagon Jr. versus Abismo Negro Jr., Aris, and Fabi Apache. Fire! So yeah. good, right? Like Artemis and Aries on opposite. Yeah, I mean, well, so good. And it's a chance to legitimize Mr. Iguana. He's so yes. often the comedy in these matches, mm-hmm. but this is going to be a serious match. Yeah, yeah. right? And yeah, yeah, very exciting there. Sorry, I just had to throw in my quick editorial. No, yeah, no, that's going to be so good. Next match is going to be amazing, too. Bestia666 and Mecha Wolf versus Aerostar and Drago for the NWA tag titles. Ooh. Very cool. Next match, another trios match. Drago Kid, Jack Cartwheel, and Pagano versus Gringo Loco, Puma King, and Sam Adonis. The fifth match on the card is a triple-A cruiserweight championship match. Laredo Kid in his 12th defense of the title versus Flamita and Bandito. And the main event, singles match, Psycho Clown versus Taurus. Like, fantastic card. They're really bringing it. This is going to be WrestleMania weekend, obviously. That's a huge, huge card. Like, there's yeah. no... There's, there's no, uh, maybe I'll go to the bathroom on that. Uh, that no, card. yeah, right. <laughs> every, every match has its own kind of unique niche, but I also, to your point, Dusty, you know, uh, even in what you would consider more of a comedy match or a mixed size match, you know, there's really great competitors in all of these matches. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're clearly loading it up for more of the chaotic, West Coast style with with cookie sheets. If you look mm-hmm. at it, so like mm-hmm. it's gonna be, yeah. I mean the the the, the uh, indie and fans are gonna be in for a treat. Oh, for sure. <laughs> they really bring the star power for this. Yeah. Aside from Vikingo, every name that you would want to see in AAA is there. Like all mm-hmm. the big names are there. Mm-hmm. So very cool for them. There's also going to be a taping five days before that. That's Saturday, March the 26th at the Auditorio Fausto Gutierrez in Tijuana. Great card. This is the card that's a little more interesting, kind of leads into our next segment. But first match on the card will be Lady Lee, Lady Shawnee, and Fabi Apache versus La Hidra, Maravilla, and Flamer. Second match will be Maldito, Archangel, and Divino Destiny versus Scalibur, Kamikaze, and Ryan Kidd. At third match, this is where it gets a little interesting. Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti in a mixed tag match versus Viva Van and Black Danger versus mm. Dinamico and Sexy Star 2. So, like, that's super exciting match, interesting match. We'll, you know, kind of get to that in the next segment. But fourth match on the card, Vikingo. Jack Cartwheel and Pagano versus Bestia 666, Mecha Wolf and Genio Delare. Fifth match, another interesting choice, Rich Swan, Willie Mack, and Flip Gordon versus Taurus, Ray Scorpion, Ooh. and Viano 3 Jr. Like, gonna be a good match on that one. Yeah. So good. And the, impact kind of thing involved is interesting. Willie Mack was supposed to be at Ray de Reyes recently. He did not show up uh, due to the being a show the same night for impact. Uh, so it looks like they've tried to make good on it by sending a couple of guys down this time. And <laughs> yeah. 
you know, a more interesting setup. We mentioned Ring of Honor earlier, Flip Gordon, kind of a perennial Ring of Honor wrestler. Interesting to see him mixing it up on AAA. AAA is affiliated with AEW. We'll get to all that. Uh, sorry to detract. But the main event for this taping in Tijuana will be Ray Sholo, Laredo Kid, and Psycho Clown versus La Empresa, DMT Azul, Sam Adonis, and Puma King. I, I believe we saw Microman is a member now, so we'll see what happens there with him. Very exciting. A lot going on with these cards. It all kind of, before the Ring of Honor news dropped, we were going to talk about how it ties into AEW and how interesting that is. But now that there's this added wrinkle of the Ring of Honor thing, there's a lot of interesting things at play. They, AAA, does not have a like a engagement or a talent exchange with Ring of Honor. CMLL did, but that broke last year, about this time last year, I believe last April. And so it's interesting how set up everything could be to kind of have it be a you know like an international combine kind of for like we mentioned before, international and indie wrestlers, and very exciting things for AAA. Tay Conti was supposed to be in Revolucion. This is her first wrestling appearance in Mexico, period. I believe it's Sammy's first appearance back in AAA since he dropped the Cruiserweight title that we covered a couple weeks ago and this week in Lucha Libre. So there's a lot of exciting things going on. We're finally seeing some of the talent from AEW go down to AAA. Good exchange for them. I really like where things are going i haven't felt this positive about wrestling in a while there's just so right. much going on that could happen and and happen for the better and yeah triple a is a part of that so we'll cover the results of these and so much more everything else in between next week same lucha time same lucha channel yeah i mean dusty we talked a bit about too uh the implications of now the, you know, now partnership between, I mean, AEW actually not partnership buying, you know, Ring of Honor, um, and what that means for, for talent. Um, but also this week, you know, we'll double dip onto Sammy, uh, a pretty big match on Rampage. Yes. Yeah. Sammy versus Andrade for the TBS title is held on Rampage Friday, February the 25th. This was really a great match. Like, you owe it to yourself to go check this one out. Sammy looked as impressive as always. He has just been on fire lately. Everything he does is solid gold. This was no exception. But Andrade had his best match in AEW yet with this one. It was definitely a steel sharpened steel situation where it felt like they not only brought out the best in each other, but that bringing out the best of themselves brought out the best. It was just so good. I have never been more excited for Andrade and AEW than I have after this match. There was some really interesting play within the Andrade Hardy family office. Andrade was trying to get his foot on the ropes for a pin, but Matt Hardy pushed his foot off the rope and he was able to kick out in the nick of time. Sammy used that to shift the momentum completely in his favor, winning with a big cutter after he hit Andrade's face onto an exposed turnbuckle. Genuinely, this was a fantastic match. Hopefully one that hit at the right time to keep Andrade from getting lost in the shuffle with Ring of Honor. If there was ever a time to put on your best match in the company mm -hmm. yet, it was last week. So 
perfect on the timing, and we've alluded to it. We'll get to it now. You obviously know Tony Khan completed the purchase of Ring of Honor and announced it on Wednesday's episode of Dynamite. And we mentioned it as of taping time. No formal plans for the name or brand have been announced, but it could be developmental. And given Ring of Honor's heavily, I mean, like heavily influenced by Lucha title scene, the Mexico scene and everything that was going on, we saw the Lee brothers at LFI and Ring of Honor. Going back, they've had luchadors forever. The the pure style they do, it's been lucha heavy or lucha adjacent at least over the years. And for luchadors that want to be on TV, we touched on this earlier. This is probably going to be their best route into AEW. It seems like that has been a consistent issue is that luchadors have had a hard time. Some, you know, we'd see like Australian suicide on a, a couple of episodes of Dark. We saw Laredo Kid on an episode or two with Dynamite. But we never really saw much beyond the Lucha Bros. Fuego, of course, getting involved, but it's not quite the same thing. But to have this, I, I don't want to call it a pipeline necessarily, but to have this ability to train wrestlers to come in and be prepared for TV, not have the stigma of it being a YouTube show, mm-hmm. being able to move it on to television, not, you know, but not a wide market. Like the Ring of Honor market is just perfect for this. Mm-hmm. Mostly watched by purists anyway, the type of people that would love this type of program. I just think there's so much promise and so much possibility right now. We have Sammy and Tay, or Ty, rather, going down to Mexico and Sammy's got a good eye for talent, and I, I don't want to say that they're talent scouting because that would, pro- you know, be projecting a lot. But you can't help but wonder if he doesn't have his eye out for somebody that he'd like to wrestle in AEW. And, you can't yeah. not do that, like yeah. whether it's official or not is a whole different question. Right? But, yes. But he's clearly, clearly always going to be keeping his eye open, and this is a whole bunch of new. New, uh, Absolutely. faces for him to, to, you know, so whether the big issue, the big question is, is he, is this something that we can see immediate returns on or is it something we're going to see long term, uh, build, building on because, uh, Sammy only has so much stroke. Uh, so yeah. It's true. And yeah. it's interesting. Mask Republic was able to get several luchadors. They're working visas for the United States, including mm-hmm. you know, Del Vikingo, but we don't see him at the WrestleMania weekend. And, you know, maybe they're saving his U.S. debut for something bigger and more important. And, I mean, that would arguably be AAA's biggest show, at least in America, in a long time mm-hmm. for its taping. They, you know, very talent heavy. They brought out the big guns, but they didn't bring out their champion. Yeah. And very interesting. Also notably absent from that were Lucha Bros and FTR, their tag mm-hmm. team champions and challengers. Kind of, you know. Well, that's because oh, FTR so, retired. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, maybe but yeah. at the time that they were putting this together, they saw <laughs> FTR's tweet. <laughs> I don't know if they've seen the follow-up tweet after that, but. I sure hadn't. Uh, <laughs> For those of you who are are not on Twitter as much as as me, uh, I saw Zach had said he was retiring uh, that FTR was retiring because they lost a match, 
And, uh, <laughs> and then I was like, this has to be a work. And, and sure enough, Dusty found the, uh, the follow up on there. That so works. we all did. <laughs> yeah. But knowing the, the, the Kingo's not on there, knowing the AEW wrestlers aren't on there, that opens up a lot of possibility that maybe AEW's got a hand in this. There's, you know, been some more official work with MLW, but I don't know that I see MLW superseding AEW. And, you know, we know that Vikingo, Kenny Omega is one of the vice presidents at AEW. He had handpicked Vikingo to be the guy that won the Mega Campion title. He was the guy that, you know, Kenny was willing to do the job for. So you know that AEW have to be high on Vikingo, and I think that more than anybody, this move kind of opens up a lot for him. Ring of Honor's recently had a Lucha champion. You know, diehard fans would not be surprised to see El Del Vikingo there. I think they would be thrilled to see El Del Vikingo in that spot. And, you know, Ring of Honor and AAA obviously, you know, well, didn't your, have a relationship. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, uh, just to your point about uh, ROH fans, they would they're they're hungry for Vikingo. They're the ones that already know who he is. So, like, I guarantee the majority of ROH fans know who he is. And if they were to announce him, they would go nuts for that announcement. So, yeah, uh, that to support what Dusty was saying, this this is just ROH fans are fans of wrestling uh they know a lot about it they spend a lot of time hunting it down i mean you have to if you're gonna f- try and watch a tv show that's just on uh re- non-cable tv uh yeah just having an antenna these days is a weird you know i mean like it's yeah. hard to get it in mm-hmm. and at least where i live ring of honor comes on at like two o'clock in the morning on wednesday night yeah it's yeah. very random yeah it's it's 2 a.m. on a Saturday here, so I frequently will <laughs> will catch it while I'm in the hotel because the hotels don't always have uh, cable TV. But uh, I, I can't rely on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, w- there's just a lot of promise for it. And Ring of Honor fans and AEW fans, I think there's a lot of overlap. But if they do it right, there's Ring of Honor fans that were just Ring of Honor fans or that weren't AEW fans, Mm -hmm. and especially older Ring of Honor fans. And Tony Khan has shown, you know, you can go back to that first Ring of Honor match, Danielson versus Christopher Daniels. And just a lot of, I don't know, I just feel so excited for this, and I just feel like that this is the the missing piece we've been waiting for. I feel bad for impact and all of this. I think that ring of honor instantly kind of, maybe not, but I feel like it steps it up to at least tying impact in a way, because with the AEW popularity wave, it's going to bring in a lot of new viewers too. And I don't know where that leaves impact. I would have said before impact was roughly number three, but I feel like ring of honor you know, could be easily the new number three. A lot of things at play, so it's hard to say. I, but I feel very excited. I think that it will be done right. We've mentioned the impact kind of piece of this. We've seen a willingness between AEW and Impact to work together. And I don't think Tony Khan is here to put anybody out of business. I think he's here to put out the best wrestling he can. Maybe I'm projecting a little there, but it seems to be his 
mo right now. That is what he's what he's saying. Like yeah, he, he even in the interview that he said on or not the interview the the spot that he he said he was a fan of of wrestling before he was an owner. We all know that that's true. And then he was a fan of ROH wrestling. So yeah, like that's that's. You're not speculating to say that that's what Tony Khan is about. He's saying it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and more money behind wrestling, more money behind wrestlers. The future of Ring of Honor was so uncertain before this. It apparently mm-hmm. been offered to sale for WWE and they felt like it was a little high on the offer. They were more interested in the library than the brand. The, because Ring of Honor branding doesn't really do much for WWE. The footage would have, the library would have. But now that AEW has that, it also opens up the ability for an HBO. There's been rumors lately that yes. HBO Max and AEW are going to tie together. And if they have a portal within HBO Max, something to bolster their footage that would be incredible would be the Ring of Honor library. Mm-hmm. And so it sets all these different pieces in play. There's so many things that could happen right now. But wrestling is in good hands at the moment, and it just feels exciting. feels like there's some electricity behind it. I feel bad for Cody as well. He got left behind in all this excitement. What a terrible time to to negotiate the contract. Allegedly, WWE has fizzled out in talks with him. They thought he wanted too much money as well. Crazy things at play, but... AEW looks exciting. Ring of Honor looks exciting. AAA looks exciting. Everything is very positive right now. I'm excited for it. As we come into WrestleMania weekend, wrestling is going to be super hot, super exciting. We have AAA invades WrestleCon. We have the Ring of Honor show. Everything going on. Big weekend. We'll keep you informed of all that information and all the news leading up to it every week here on the show. Thank you, Dusty. Up next, this week in Major League Wrestling. Of course, we had this week in Fusion. Uh, as far as our uh, matches for the show, we did have Casey Navarro versus Hoho Lun. And a National Openweight Championship match, Alex Kane versus Calvin Tankman. But the big match was the main event, a four-way match for the World Middleweight Championship. And with this, a sorpresa, luchador sorpresa, surprise luchador for the fourth competitor, who was actually announced first with the help of Cesar Duran. He brought out someone that who he thought was worthy of this position. And wouldn't you know it, it was Bandito. So Bandito making his way into Major League Wrestling. I think as we talk more about uh, all of the landscape that is professional wrestling, Major League Wrestling is somewhat of a wild card. Um, they have truly been able to bring people in and been very fluid with their booking. They've also, as we've acknowledged, a big appreciation of Lucha Libre, especially with the Azteca underground uh, storyline. And, all of, you know, we know that they also are going to be having uh, a presence at uh, WrestleMania weekend with a new Azteca underground taping. Uh, but this could be a continuous it's a way to bring in luchadors to get that U.S. visibility without having to make any long-term commitment or plans. 
Um, but as far as the match goes, you had your champion Tajiri versus Myron Reed versus Matt Cross versus Bandito. And this was a really entertaining match to watch. And it wasn't that long in and of itself, too. It was incredibly fast paced when you think about everybody in this match. Um, and the likes of Matt Cross and Bandito, especially as somewhat of the bigger guys in this match physically, but also the speed of everybody in here. There was some really great segments between Myron Reed and Bandito, uh, also with Matt Cross and Myron Reed. Uh, of course, you know, Tajiri as your champion was able to kind of slip away as needed. He wasn't as active in this match compared to the other three competitors. Uh, but also an interesting ending to this match. Uh, towards the end, you had Tajiri spraying the mist, green mist, somewhat accidentally into the face of Bandito. My thought is, why is the person with a full mask the person getting the spray mist as, as you know, the distraction? Because <laughs> uh, I don't think it would have the same impact as, you know, if it was someone without a mask. However, it's alluding to the way that Myron Reed lost the title previously to the green mist um, and a, a great sequence too between Matt Cross and Myron Reed where Matt Cross was going for uh, that uh, shooting star press and Myron Reed caught him with the cutter midway very much an Evan Bourne Randy Orton-esque uh, spot um, but Myron Reed getting the pin to become a three-time world middleweight champion uh, but an amazing, a really fun match to watch. I think Bandito had a great place in there. Lots of quick movements and flippy stuff. Um, so if you are a fan of that, you will be a fan of this four-way match. And it also remains to be seen if we will see Bandito again in MLW. And that's been kind of the beauty with MLW in bringing in luchadors uh, sporadically. It also works storyline-wise where they have more chapters uh, than, you know, something that's very consistently flowing. And it serves very well for who Cesar Duran is and his style of management, as we'd like to say, uh, for Azteca Underground. Um, but also, again, that visibility to a U.S. market um, without tie-in or commitment uh, to having to sign anyone. So we will see maybe, you know, the Ring of Honor purchase will definitely have a uh, an impact on Major League Wrestling and who they sign and who they utilize. But also it looks very apparent that they're going to continue to use a lot of free agents, whether it's short term or long term. And that fits in very well with the structure of MLW. Speaking of signings, we did get news that dropped this week. Uh, someone who has been signed to a multi-year deal, big signing, Microman. Uh, apparently, he impressed MLW officials, uh, likely from his big debut last week. But well, Microman, you can see why. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Very big presence for such a small competitor. But he has been signed to MLW Microman. Um, I have to admit, again, really great reaction during last week's fusion. And uh, as we talked about earlier, he will be in the Dallas area for WrestleMania weekend. So it's very likely he will be uh, appearing at the Azteca Underground taping. Um, and, you know, interesting utilization of, of talent for MLW. I would say that I did not expect this. 
Uh, this, yeah. I did not, not expect this signing, but it they is have a, merch for him already too. Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. The Micromancer is adorable. So adorable. It's it's ridiculously cute. Um, <laughs> and so it's, it's super cute. I have to admit, that's it. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, but next week on Fusion, we are going to get the MLW World Tag Team Champions 5150 finally defend the titles against the Von Erics. This was supposed to happen previously in Dallas. However, the Von Erics, uh, both had to undergo, uh, COVID-19 protocols, uh, for testing positive. So they were unable to compete. But now that match is finally happening next week on MLW Fusion 5150 versus the Von Eric so another must watch episode of Fusion again Fusion is just so digestible to watch it's only one hour Um, you know the matches are really entertaining they vary of course depending also on your interest and style of of wrestling there is truly something for everyone as well as again the continuance of some storyline we do see Caesar Duran uh, talk with um, the most marketable one uh, and I mean, his name is Gino Jason. Medina. No, no, not, no, no. Oh, no. Richard Holiday. Sorry. Yes, Richard Holiday and his, you know, girlfriend Alicia Toot, uh, regarding the betrayal, uh, and demise of the dynasty. Apparently, uh, Richard Holiday was in cahoots with Caesar all along, uh, pretty much agreeing to betray his friend Hammerstone in order for a world title opportunity. Uh, and when that and some episode, Rolexes probably. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> Richard. Tie it back to that story. Yeah. Richard Holiday paid it forward because he then put essentially what Cesar Duran said is that Alexander Hammerstone has now uh, signed a contract with Davy Richards uh, for a world championship match. So Richard Holiday is a little bit in the back of the line. However, if something were to happen to Davy Richards. Well, that would put Richard Holiday up next. So Richard Holiday put a bounty on Davy Richards with a, a whatever works or what usually works is a briefcase full of cash. Um, so a bounty out on Davy Richards. Uh, and it looks like Richard Holiday will continue to do whatever it takes uh, to get closer to that world championship uh, title. And again, another deceptive way that Cesar Duran has, you know, been able to utilize his business prowess to control, manipulate people. Uh, that, that's what it really feels like with this story between Richard Holiday and, and Hammerstone. So great story, great matches. You can find uh, MLW Fusion on YouTube, uh, each and every week. You can watch past episodes. And of course, next week, 5150 faces the Von Erics for the MLW World Tag Team titles. All right. Up next, you know it's that time of the week. You know it. You love it. It's This Week in Lucha Libre History with Dusty. That's right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. He's got information, birthdays, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And everything on there is about Lucha Libre. At LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week, we chose March the 7th, 2020, when Los, OG, Los OGTs, the team of Averno, Chessman, and Superfly, went up against Psycho Clown, 
Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. and at live TV show taping at the Plaza de Toros in Cancun, one of the first AAA shows back in Cancun after the booking controversy of Abismo Negro, if you remember that. That very interesting. You should look into it if you don't know. But this was one of the final Lucha shows before the pandemic. It fell six weeks to the day before the first episode aired of Lucha Fighter. And so it's a really interesting artifact of that era. There was a smaller crowd than you're used to seeing in the Lucha show. The crowd noise was seemingly enhanced, but otherwise it was a really fun match. Los OGTs come out as the Rudos instantly. They're tearing at the masks. Chessman was there, as we mentioned. You know when Chessman's there. He's got cookie sheets. Many <laughs> cookie sheets were damaged. They were irreparably damaged, never to make cookies again. The mask tearing would eventually be their lucky move, however, when Averno was able to pull off Pentagon's mask following a ref bump and get the win for his team. He got the pin. The ref didn't notice the mask had been pulled. 15-minute and 56-second match. Fantastic. Brendan, what did you think of this one? Well, I'm I'm going to mention that I was the one of the ones that I, my eye was drawn to this immediately. I was always a fan of... Of Los OGTs as, as the Rudos or the Heels. Yes. They, uh, they just always knew how to get under everybody's skin. They could make you, make me at home who doesn't speak Spanish go, these guys are really awful. And <laughs> <laughs> they just never, never failed to do that. So like, it, as you mentioned, they just went straight into it. And this is that, this is a thing for them to stand out in a, triple A. AAA. Uh, as a way, because they had, they had lots of factions at the time that were kind of bad guys. Some that were so yeah. popular as bad guys that they became good guys anyway. But, uh, you know, so it was always, it was always exciting. This is one of the reasons why Cookie Sheets is, is my, one of my favorite gimmicks because OGT's always had them. Even if Chessman wasn't in the match, uh, uh, Averno or somebody would would bring them out. Just yeah, always. you you pretty much always <laughs> saw one by any of those guys in that era. But it seems like Chessman is really the he's stuck with it. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he's the he's the dude. He's El Jefe of the cookie sheets. It's he's, like it's like yeah. Sting with the baseball bat. Right? Exactly, it's his signature. <laughs> yep. I would I, if I saw Chessman in a match and he didn't hit somebody with cookie sheets, I would be like deflated. <laughs> I would feel let down. That's the gimmick. I want to see it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But it's true. I mean, like, that's his thing. Like, that's what you want to see with Chessman. I mean, he has become so associated with it that, yeah, it's incredible. It's like La Parca. If he doesn't dance, you would be, you know, really part. You know, you you would be really disappointed. And. You know, like I met Hulk Hogan one time and he called me brother. Teddy Long called me playa. And like you expect those kinds of things. And I expect, yeah, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have, I mean, I have a, a story on that where that the kind of thing you expect. Because my friend was uh, lucky enough to get backstage when he was very young. And uh, he was a big Shawn Michaels fan. So he was wearing like this rocker shirt and he runs into Kurt Hennig. Kurt Hennig looks at him and, and I mean, you know, this made his day because he tells this story to even this day. It looks at him. It's like, that is the most imperfect thing I have seen all day. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the most perfect story. <laughs> right. 
Right. I mean, just that that is what makes it like when they're when they they've got their whatever their thing is. <laughs> you expect it like you expect yeah. the, the signature like you you feel let down and yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, yeah. You, and then uh, if you get it like 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 you were talking about, you remember getting called brother and player like you, you, yeah. you remember it forever. You do. You know? Like it, it's it's like their greatest hit in a way. And when they they hit you with it, you feel special there in the moment. You feel like you share something with them. And yeah, I mean like that's one of the the magic pieces of wrestling is that it kind of transcends the audience to a personal connection, but you expect that. And if you don't you get it, if you don't get it, you feel let down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So Chessman, he's got to have a cookie sheet. It's true. I expect it. A face paint and a cookie sheet. All right. We've talked about Chessman's cookie. <laughs> Miranda, save us from well, our madness. Well, actually, I'm glad we're going to change directions a little bit because for me, what kind of caught me was something specifically that commentary said during, you know, towards more the end of the match. And this was more of a sequence uh, in a back and forth between uh, Fly uh, Super... Uh, fly and uh, phoenix and it was both how how they are both uh, the way they described it is both aggressive high flyers was the you know kind they of are the, yeah the, like on the like, offense yes yes yeah. it was kind of the the terminology that commentary used and that was a very big aha moment for me of that being such a great descriptor for both of them and how well matched they were. Um, super agile, but yeah, very offensive and aggressive. Not, they really use their body weight in their movement and they also utilize that in the offensive when it comes to their moveset. And I, and that really, once that for me was like an aha moment, it got me actually more entranced into that part of the match. Um, so I think, too, with the aggressiveness and brutality you have on, say, you know, with Chessman, you also had, of course, your, your more standard high flying or not even standard, but it's done with a twist with Superfly and Phoenix in particular. Very, very well matched. And I think what you have in more of the aggressors of, say, Chessman and even uh, Penta and um, Psycho Clown. I think you have such a good balance of agility and high flying with Superfly and Phoenix. Yeah, that was something that was really cool in this match was that you kind of had a guy for everybody. Mm-hmm. You had a Verno for Penta, you had Superfly and Phoenix, and you had Psycho Clown and Chessman, mm-hmm. where they yes. all, I mean, almost like the Superman Bizarro type thing, where it was like their exact opposite in a way. Yes. And it made for such an exciting match yes. where it felt like any ma- any move could win, anybody could win. Like it was just, yeah. It, it had you emotionally invested based on just the interplay between the wrestlers. Yeah, no, such a, that's a really good point about that. Like there really was a p- protagonist. Of a, yeah, like a counterpoint. For, yeah, the for counterpoint everybody. for everyone. Yes, yeah. I kept, I was a little bit more drawn to the Superfly and Phoenix, but I think depending again on your style and what you're interested in, you know, there was a, a, a segment of this match for everyone. Um, and also too, you know, something that I think whether you mentioned this, I think more offline, but. You know, this was one of the last matches we had before the pandemic really started. So also, you know, being able to pinpoint, I'm sure we're going to do this more throughout the
throughout the years is almost be able to kind of clearly pinpoint life before the pandemic and life after and how much wrestling has changed in those moments. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And also, especially for us, the show started as kind of a pandemic show. Like, <laughs> that's what we, we covered in the beginning was largely, I mean, our first shows were about Lucha Fighter. That happened six weeks from now. And so, it, you know, we really saw the evolution of it through the show, too. So it, it's become an interesting document to see these more recent This Week in Lucha Libre entries. Thank you, Dusty, for This Week in Lucha Libre. Don't forget, you can check out this day in Lucha Libre on LuchaCentral.com. But wait, there's more. Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com? Well, I mean, I think we all know I'm going to start with uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is on the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish, find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else, find when Lucha Libre events will be happening in your area, Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. So we are into the second half of the show, and we have just a few more pieces of news for this week. We are going to be starting off with WWE. Yeah, on Raw this week, we had the Mysterios losing to the Hurt Business via the deadliest move in wrestling, the surprise (laughs) roll-up. After Miz, he had some interference. That was pretty much the whole thing. Like, Dominic continues to be you know pretty great in the ring but the character they've given him doesn't give him much to work with not a huge fan but somebody that apparently is being given more to work with over on smackdown the rumor is that vince has taken a personal interest in angel garza and los lotharios and laid down an edict that they are to be referred to as the lethal lovers los lotharios and all taglines and promotion internal documenting everything going forward we've heard rumors for a while now that vince had seen something special in angel garza something that he you know really liked about him and seemingly as of late they have been looking to make both Angel and Los Lotharios stand out on SmackDown. I, I don't think it's an exaggeration at all to say right now they're currently the number three tag team on SmackDown. The number one being Usos, number two being New Day. But number three for Los Lotharios, or the Lethal Lovers Los Lotharios, is very exciting for them. And it's hard to be, I mean, especially at their level, it's almost impossible to be above the Usos and to be above New Day. After WrestleMania, that's when we'll find out what everything happens, how it all stacks out. But I think we could see a strong push for these guys after WrestleMania season. The title pictures are firmly in place till then. Nobody's going to beat the Usos right now before WrestleMania. Definitely not Los Lotharios. But the title picture may change after WrestleMania. We may not see them as champions. Give Los Lotharios something to do. They're never going to have that 
kind of ranking, at least not in the immediate future, not post WrestleMania. I mean, they could in the future, but they're not going to have that tier ranking of New Day or uh, the Usos. But if you can't be those guys, at least you could be next. And that's really where they are now. I think that they could maintain that momentum. I think that eventually they obviously split. I think Vince sees Angel as a singles guy. He loves to split up tag teams and kind of tell that story. But these guys have been wrestling each other forever. We've seen some fantastic matches between them. And I think that he could bring Umberto up with them if they break up. A lot of promise for Los Lotharios right now. Hopefully we see a lot of it post-WrestleMania. I think this could be New Day's feud going into WrestleMania. All signs point that it's going to be. Exciting stuff. We'll see what happens in Dallas, WrestleMania weekend. Excuse me. Until then, check in here every week. We have the news. We'll bring it to you. Thank you, Dusty. We're going to be finishing off today's show with NXT and really just a brief update on the Dusty Women's Cup Classic. Uh, this week we did have one of my more highly anticipated matchups, uh, for the brackets and that was Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade versus Valentina Perros and Ulisa Leon. Let's be honest. Look, I'm, I'm very much on the team of Valentina and Ulisa, but it was a bit of a rough start for them. Uh, they both tried to target, uh, Raquel Gonzalez. She started off in the ring and, and honestly, it was kind of the right move to, to do as far as, you know, try and, uh, get your more experienced, uh, bigger opponent down. But really, Raquel was able to go through them with, with ease. However, there was a moment in which uh, Valentina and Ulisa got uh, the upper hand. That involved a beautiful shot. Um, it was Ulisa who uh, helped, uh, she pretty much uh, helped uh, Valentina with an elevated cross body onto Raquel Gonzalez outside of the ring. And then uh, Valentina herself um, hit a uh, dive through the middle rope uh, to Raquel. So that kind of double team aerial was one of the best displays of their teamwork throughout the entire match. Um, they were able to kind of take advantage of Cora Jade's kind of smaller size, uh, but Cora was very, you know, is still in tune uh, and a, a bit more, I think, refined. Uh, and not to say that in a bad way, but you could kind of tell that the concept of Valentina and Ulisa as a tag team is still very, you know, there, but the execution still needs a, a lot of work. The match ended with uh, Raquel Gonzalez hitting a chingona bomb. Um, I believe it was on Ulisa. Um, and not only that, though, she able to uh, bring Jade up almost like in a chingona bomb position. Uh, but then she Jade landed on a did a splash onto Ulyssa for the win. So Raquel and Cora Jade won and they are advancing to the semifinals of the Dusty Women's Classic. And I'm just going to pull up the other matches. But I believe uh, as far as the next two matches, you have uh, Raquel and Cora versus um, Wendy 
and Dakota Kai. So we are going to see Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai back in the ring together. Then on the opposite end of the brackets, you do have Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray versus Casey Canzaro and uh, Caden Carter. That match is going to be fire. That is that, you know. Uh, it's going to be a really good match, and it's almost kind of hard to think, you know, who will win. I have a feeling it may be Casey and Kaden, um, and, and also on this end, maybe Raquel and Cora uh, for our finals, but, you know, it remains to be seen. But, again, I love the concept of Valentina and Ulisa as a tag team. Um, you know, they had matching gear. There's a lot more, too, of the fun, bubbly, dancing Latinas. Not sure, you know, gimmicky how I feel about that. But again, execution wise, I think they still need some work as they're learning and training. But the concept is there. And it, and that in and of itself makes me a, a bit hopeful. And Raquel Gonzalez is just a badass. Like, she looked I, like a badass in this match. Always has been. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm always excited. I, I, uh, I, I kind of am rooting for her to get called up at this point because NXT is no longer the place to be. So, yeah. And I think with you wonder just, you know, what's next, you know, so, you know, maybe they do win the dusty uh, cup and they, you know, have a shot at the NXT women's tag team titles. It is very apparent that they're still putting that focus on toxic attraction. So, you know, if they don't, she doesn't win the tag titles really. What is next? Um, even, you know, going into a feud possibly with Cora Jade, but it almost feels like a replay of what they did with her and Dakota Kai, maybe just from, mm-hmm. you know, a different perspective or, or kind of a, a different, um, maybe position, but, uh, unless she's really going in for the NXT women's championship, um, you know, it is very much what's next for her. And if there really isn't much left for her, whether that's a really good feud or chasing a title, Maybe it truly is time for her to move up. And I think she would have a, a great place um, on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, even yeah. now, we've seen the success of Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. Um, I think she's very much on par with them. Well, I, but she also brings something different to the table. Yes. Because, uh, I mean, they're both those you mentioned two very powerful women, but uh, there's so much more presence with Raquel. Like she's bigger, and I mean, I won't say stronger because my goodness, both those women are strong. I'm not gonna try and figure out who the strongest is, but uh, you can you can do different stories with her just based on the unique look and the unique uh, features she brings to the ring. So, and she she would fit in very well in that div- in that division at this point. Well, make sure uh, you check out LuchaCentral.com for your NXT weekly results, of course, as well as your WWE results as well. And with that, that is the end of this week's episode, you guys. We did it with uh, uh, Brendan's Diva Demands and all. We made it through. I'm, right? I'm re- I appreciate yeah. it, Brendan, that you were able to concentrate um, on this, <laughs> even though you were given red M&Ms instead of blue. I know, I know that's really hard for you, but I appreciate uh, you. Never again. Powering through. David Lee Roth approved. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, make sure you check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can also check out Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. You can check out Lucha Central's YouTube page that has the archives of all of our old episodes as well as the Lucha Central weekly podcast in Espanol as well as previous interviews, matches, and much, much more. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers 321, and then T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram, and I am all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. That's what you go to Brendan for, because uh, he's our recent <laughs> Twitter. Uh, I'm stuffy yeah, on Twitter. And too, but definitely make sure you follow Brendan, especially for you know his live tweets of wrestling shows. Uh, and all that good stuff, but, uh, make sure you follow us on social media. Uh, quick plug still, uh, Expo Lucha tickets are still available. Uh, they are still available actually too for a discount at Expo, uh, Lucha Live, uh, expolucha.com. Um, and so you can get your tickets now still at a discount. June is coming right around the corner. We're already into March. So make sure you get your tickets now. Of course, we'll be talking more about Expo Lucha as it gets closer to that. We still got to get through WrestleMania season first, though. Uh, yeah. But just a reminder out there to get your Expo Lucha tickets. Uh, follow us on social media. Reach out to us. Uh, if you are a independent wrestler, promoter, a fan, and you have news regarding independent wrestling promotions uh, that utilize or have Lucha Libre matches or luchadors, we always love to report those in the Indie Roundup. And if you are listening to our show on your favorite podcast streaming platform like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbay, any of those, feel free to subscribe rate and review subscribe and get a notification every time a new episode of the lucha central weekly podcast drops you can leave us a five star rating and a review let us know your thoughts on the show things we should cover things we shouldn't things about what we've talked about your thoughts opinions we want to hear them so for the team for brendan barr and dusty murphy i'm miranda morales thank you all and we'll be with you next week